it's good to see uh, everyone make it in this morning. And, uh, you know, it seems like a little bit of an anticlimactic moment. We uh, had such a good turnout this past week, and we are glad uh, for everyone that showed up on Friday for the uh, afternoon service uh, or the evening service on Friday evening. Uh, Daniel and uh, the family, I asked them if, how they felt, if everything was taken care of, and they uh, said they did. Uh, but more than anything, let me just say this to the church. Thank you for the good food. Thank you for the good fellowship. And it means a lot to me. Uh, and everyone that was here, the, the statement they made was, this is the way the fellowships are supposed to be handled. Uh, so good preaching set it off. So we were spiritually fed. And then we had uh, delicious pizza. And I hope everybody had enough pizza. If not, I don't know what's wrong with you. We had plenty of pizza, and uh, that went really well as well. And, uh, of course, a sweet fellowship that followed. Let's take our Bibles. Let's open up to uh, the book of Revelation. We're going to go back to chapter 3, and this time we're going to conclude with the Laodicean church. Now, uh, when we take a look at the Laodicean, this is about 1900 uh, in the time frame that we want to begin. Now, what's interesting as I studied, uh, or have been added to my studies, one of the things that I learned uh, from following after different individuals, and in particular, a man by the name of D.L. Moody. Now, Moody was not a Baptist. We've got to understand this. Uh, and in fact, uh, Moody Press, which still is in existence today, you can buy a lot of books from Moody Press, um, they will tell you about his evangelistic fervor. And so, uh, Moody, in fact, I will tell you this, he was a kind of an individual that uh, he never was happy with himself. Uh, he was raised rather poorly. Uh, in fact, his father died when he was very young. He uh, ended up being a shoe salesman, and because he was so good at it, there was a lot of people that became jealous. In fact, his uncle, who owned the shoe store, became very jealous of D.L. Moody. Well, that drove him away, and uh, he went later on being inspired to join another little church, and they wouldn't accept him because of his testimony. And so he really did a soul search, uh, asking God to bless him, and after that he uh, joined with another congregation, and literally he was known for his Sunday school activities. He would take a beer hall, don't get me wrong, he would take a beer hall and he would say, can I have the beer hall for Sunday morning services or all day Sunday? And they would allow him to do it, and the first thing he had to do was clean up after everybody else's mess. And he would clean up that mess and set it up with tables and chairs, and he started off with the Sunday school. And he would go outside and invite people to come in for the Sunday school hour. And he grew from four or five people that first attended to well over a thousand people, so much so that he had to build another. Well, I bring up Neil Moody, and I would encourage you to read his uh, any biography or anything it might uh, you can find on him. But Neil Moody died literally on the last day of 1899. And so entering in the 1900, I, I took that for I took that for face value. I thought, what kind of people are, are we going to see in the 1900s? And if you take a look at those individuals that were in the 1900s, and there were some good preachers, uh, we had what we would call the lukewarmness of preaching. There would be uh, those that would be on fire for the Lord. Even, even the coldness of study. 
And may I point this out to you, there's nothing wrong with study, but when we become so intense on study that we forget the responsibility of evangelism, then we can become lukewarm. Let me show you what I'm speaking of here. And so we're looking at to the layout of sins, and we're going to go down to verse 13, or verse 14, let us start. And unto the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. <clears throat> because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold, tried in fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with thy eyes that thou mayest see. And as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. <coughs> be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my, in my throne, even as I also overcame and sat down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Let us pray. Father, again, I thank you for the opportunity to stand, not only before the people that are in attendance, but all those that may be tuning in via Facebook or wherever they may hear the broadcast. I pray, Lord, that you will guide us, that you will also bless, that we might serve you with everything that is in us. Help us, dear Father, to be faithful men and women of God in all that we say and do. So guide us, bless us, keep us and use us now, and may we rejoice in thy name, for it's in Christ we pray. Amen. So as we begin today, and again, we, we, we kind of highlighted this a little bit last week when we were together. And so I want us to understand a little bit about the church of the Laodiceans. The word laos in the Greek simply means people. So it is the church of the people. The land that they were in, the city they were in, was Laodicea. And so when you take a look at the Laodiceans, you see the impact that is there. I, you know, it's almost a Rodney King type of atmosphere. Can't we all just get along? If you ever drive around, and uh, especially in Huntington or, you know, when I lived in California, Florida, whatever, I, I went after this one car, and it seemed like every day I would see this car, and it said, coexist. And they had, you know, different religious symbols that were marked all over the back of that car. I came to uh, Florida, I thought, man, I've gotten away from that car, I don't have to see it again. There was another car just like it. I think they, they're, every one of those are Priuses. But anyway, there was another blue Prius, and it had all those emblems on the back, and it said, coexist. You know, let's agree to coexist. I thought, well, I'll get away from that, and I'll come to, to West Virginia, I'll never see it again. Guess what I have seen? There is a push that basically says, whether they're the Buddhist or whether they're the, the Jewish religion or whether it's this or whether it's that. May I point this out to you? We are not the same. And if we are, we better go back and re-examine ourselves. Because the reality is, is if we are the same, then we are not doing our job. 
Jesus came not to really bring peace upon the earth, but literally to create an upheaval. Why do you think Jesus was put to death? Because of jealousy? Because the fact is these men did not love Jesus. They could care less about his ministry or his message. They put him on the cross because they thought they were doing a great service to the Jewish religion. When reality is that they were following, whether they knew it or not, after God's eternal plan to put Jesus on the cross to die for us. And we are sinners. And so because of that, we understand the beauty of the message that he gives us. The reality is, and I want you to get this, beginning of verse 15, I know thy works, that thou... There are times, even in my own self, and I hate it, where I can be on fire for the Lord, I can be excited, and we can just see all this thing comes in, and there's this great springing up of faith and everything else like that, and then there's a collapse. That is a sign of ebb and flow. That is a sign of hot and cold, hot and cold. One moment we might be excited for the things of God, that makes us hot. When we begin to really see how exciting we are. Let me just point this out to you, and probably the greatest flaw that I've ever seen about youth camps. Many times when youth camps would come in, I mean I have seen God work upon young people. I have seen the messages, even upon his own people, to be encouraged with the message that is in Jesus Christ. But as soon as camp ended, I wondered about all those kids that were saved. How did they, how did we stay in touch with them? Did we do our job and to be an encouragement? Now mind you, a lot of those young people came to the church that I would pastor at. But there were some who were not members of the church that I pastored. Now, I knew their fathers. I knew where they went to church. And I knew that there was a great uh, connection that was there. And so I was super glad to see that that would continue on. But there were some others that, that were visitors and friends. And I thought, how do we stay in touch with those that come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? One particular family were, were basically of India culture. Uh, India with a dot, not with a feather, as one man said. And the, the reality is, is when they returned home, they were going to be bombarded by the family that did not appreciate Christianity. How were the such situations. Now, frankly, I'm so glad that they had an uncle who was a Christian and was able to help them, but that's not the entire role of a church. The church is, not only do we go out in the community to tell others about Jesus Christ, but we bring them into these confines here to teach them and to train them. When we fail to do it, we're no better. And I, I want you to think about this. Many years ago, there was a TV program called Mr. Cartoon. Remember that? And Boz Johnson, and before him there was another guy by the name of George, I can't remember his last name right now, but Boz Johnson in particular, when he became Mr. Cartoon, every Friday he would make this st statement, go to the church or synagogue of your choice. How many of y'all remember that? He would always make that statement. Do you realize the flaw in that statement? It's not If we would get on our face and get on our faces and say, Lord, show me where you want me to go. Show me where I can have the greatest impact. Show me how that I can be used of you in a mighty way. You'll be amazed how many people will come in and they, they look so excited. They go, wow, we love the message. Uh, 
Some things I've already uh, had people say, can we bring in up-to-date music? Well, why do you want to bring in up-to-date music? What's wrong with the old hymns? Now, understand this is that there are some good songs that are, are, you know, what we might put on the screen or whatever. There are some good songs. I've written some songs that I've enjoyed as well. But may I point this out to you? If I can't enjoy the hymns that give praise to God, then I'm really wondering, am I singing songs of the flesh or am I singing songs of the Spirit? Now think about that for a moment. There are so many songs that are being written and recorded today in the name of Christianity that you can't tell whether they're truly Christian or contemporary. Think about it. There is a powerful song that a group called Third Day uh, really performed, and, and really it's about the lament of an individual said, I am a thief. I am a thief. I am a murderer. And really, as that song goes in, it talks about how that he deserved to die upon the cross. But then he yells out, Who is this man who died beside me? You know, the reality is, is the thief that was up on the cross that was redeemed saw Jesus in a powerful way. And in a little over two weeks, I guess April the 9th is uh, the scheduled Easter weekend. But think about this. Within that period of time, we're going to hear so many people that begin to sing the, the songs of Zion, or they will sing songs that remind us of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. That's not the end of the story. Jesus died upon the cross. It's a Existed in this presence. And notice the thing is, when the Lord said in Revelation chapter 1, Behold, I come quickly, the word means as we see the One of the things that really saddens me is this little device right here. How many times have I seen kids who do this all the time? Do you know that they have actually created because of that, that neck strain, if you will, they have created a, a, a place to where that even doctors are talking about the strain that they're putting. This is the, the condition we should be in. Every time that we bow like that, we are literally causing a, a, an a, unusual strain on the back of the neck. And so many young people are so enticed by their telephone or the computer industry, or the television. We are insane when it comes to entertainment. And yet, here we have the That is a condition every Christian should be on fire. 
fire for the Lord that they want manna from on high. How many of y'all enjoyed the message this past Friday night? Man, I would love to have more messages like that. But how many of us want to spend the time to hear messages I thought it was very interesting that Brother Daniel would point out that there are five conditions that the Lord gave Many years ago, I had, uh, when I lived down in Nancy, Kentucky, I had my neighbor, uh, brother, uh, oh, I can't remember, Brother Mounds. Brother Mounds would come up to me and, and uh, he always called me, hey! And many times I would stop whatever I was doing, I'd go over and I'd talk to Brother Mounds. One day he sat there and he was, he was livid. He was absolutely livid. I said, what's the matter, Brother Mounds? He said, the preacher I just heard, I'd never seen the scripture before. <laughs> went, what are you talking about? He said, Do you realize that I said, Really? I said, Maybe I've never seen it. Why don't you explain it to me? He said, Do you realize in the book of Acts that the Lord had the Jewish brethren that was with him? And the preaching unto the Jews is evident all the way up in chapter 7. But do you realize to an Ethiopian eunuch, the eunuch is of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And then he said you had the Roman centurion that also heard the message because he said Peter, he sent for Peter to come and preach. He said, that man i never seen it either. I said, I preached it. But I've never put it together. And I said, so have you ever thought about this? God has allowed you to see something that would be a benefit to others, including me. Let me tell you something, folks. The Bible is rich. And we would be beneficial if we would spend more time in it. The reality of Laodicea said, I can either take the Bible, should rejoice over the things that are given from the Bible every time that we see it open. Notice verse 17. It says, Because thou sayest, I am rich. Now, isn't it interesting? The Lord said in verse 16, Because you're neither cold nor hot, or hot, I will spew thee. I will spit you out of my mouth. Anyone ever had that tepid water? And yet, I tell people this all the time. I said, you know, think about our own bodies. Uh, how many of you love the taste of water? I do. I like a good, cold cup of water. I don't like it extremely cold. You know, if it's got too much ice in it, I don't want it. In fact, what was interesting, one of the men that came here the other day, he said, uh, do you have some cold water? I said, oh, yeah, I've got cold water. And I said, now, I have water, and I have cold water. He said, no, no, no. He said, the colder, better. I think it was Brother Lybrook. And uh, I went over to our little black fountain here, and I uh, poured out the, uh, the cold water that was there, and I brought it to him. He said, oh, that's just right. And, and I thought, that's beautiful. I, I wanted cold water, and you gave me cold water. Think about this for a moment. Warm water 
tells me it's stagnant. How many of you would want to have a refreshing drink of stagnant water? <laughs> Not me. You know what's breathed in stagnant water? Mosquitoes. You know what's breathed in stagnant water? Leeches. You know what else is in stagnant water? What you don't need. But when you have that cool, refreshing water, or even a hot drink of water, it goes into the body and it helps filter out the old that you don't need. Reality is, is that we think that we're doing okay because we drink soda pop. We think we do okay because we do this, we don't need that, or we do, do this, that, and the other. The reality is, I need that cool, refreshing water. Not only that, I'm going to show you something. Let's go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. And I want you to see the importance of why we need water. And in, 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 in Ephesians, chapter 5, noticing, again, what it says, going all the way back to verse 18, shall we? And be not drunk with wine, wherein is access, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to, you, speaking to yourselves in psalms, where do we find the psalms? In the Scripture. And hymns, where do we find the favorite hymns? When it speaks to Scripture. And spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to God, giving thanks always for all Submitting yourselves one to another in fear of God. And notice again it says, Wives, submitting yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the, of the church and the Savior of the body. Go down to verse 26. I'll hurry down there. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Now, I'm having surgery tomorrow morning. They gave me a special soap that I have to wash with. And they said, take about a half a cup of this stuff and wash yourself carefully. I, you know, I have to do that tonight before I go to bed. They said, don't get in your hair, don't get in your face, don't get in your eyes. This stuff will be, man, I'm going, okay. So I got me one of those little scrubbies so I can scrub my back really good. And I, and I made sure that I've got everything I need to make sure that I'm cleansed. And then I go get up at early in the morning and I got to do it again. You know, the best part of a shower is that cool or either the very hot. I love hot showers. I don't know about you. But getting that washed over my body and getting all that soap off. That's the kind of shower I like to take. But do you realize washing of your soul, washing of your spirit, can only happen from the Word of God. It's God's Word. It's the best water there is because we can see it in the washing. Notice this. The Lord understands when we think we can do so much more without Him. Look at verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. That is the statement of someone who is self-confident in themselves. I'm not. I'm not confident in myself. Every time that I feel like there's a confidence in me, every time I feel like something is going right, I better be on guard. I wonder sometimes, can, can you, there, there was a statement that Job 
in, in chapter 1 of Job where he offered sacrifices for his children in case they committed wrong and they didn't even have time to think about it. I oftentimes punish myself because I haven't prayed enough for my children. I sometimes punish myself because I, I wonder, did I train them up as the Lord would have me? I sometimes punish myself for the, the failures of my family. And yet I know the responsibility to follow God is upon them. And the only example I can leave them now is my faithfulness. Think about that. My faithfulness will either be a help or a hindrance to my children. I need Jesus. How many of us have ever sung the song regarding, I need thee every hour? Actually, I need thee every moment. I need thee every second. I need thee no matter what. You know, when I stand up in this pulpit, I want you all to know the strength that God gives me. Sometimes when I stand in this pulpit, I'm a quivering coward. And I can only have the reliance upon God knowing that I need Him every hour. Notice it also says that I am wretched, miserable, and poor when I am within myself. Not only that, I'm blind to my condition and I stand naked. Think about this for a moment. When I am blinded to the world, when I don't see the world as myself, I stand before you in, in a quivering way. You know, it's like this. I want to be so much like Jesus that when I read it, sometimes I read it with binders on. How many of you have ever done that? I want to be like Jesus, but there's, there's certain things that I can't do. Do you realize that Jesus made this statement, the poor you shall have with you always. Did we make the people poor? The answer is no. But we want to help the poor whenever we can. I, I see people all the time for the sign. Disabled veteran. You know, we'll work for food. In Jackson, Ohio, many years ago, we had a person that said, I'll work for food. And someone stopped and said, i got a job for you to do. He said, just move on. Just move on. He didn't realize he was talking to a news reporter. And they recorded him saying that. Reality is, is that if I have something on my sign that said, I'm hungry, then if I offered him a piece of bread, that should be enough. If someone said, I'm not, I need a little money, I would be willing to give him a little money. I, I had someone the other day when I stopped off at a store said, you have a couple of bucks I can have? I'm so hungry. You know, and I, I tried myself because I probably, he probably went right out and bought drugs or bought alcohol with it. But the reality is, is I said, well, if you're hungry, come on in. I'm getting ready to order me a sandwich. I'll buy you one too. I don't know if he would have eaten it. He might have thrown it away. But the reality is, is that we, we do everything in our power to try to hinder someone from doing what they're doing. But wouldn't you love to have the wisdom and the power? And I told this to Brother Daniel the other day. I said, 
Here was the greatest sermon that I have ever read in Acts chapter 2, or excuse me, Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John go up to a man, and here's what they said to him, look on us. I'm going to get ready to preach to you. Look on And that man probably looked expecting all. feet. And they said, in the name of Jesus Christ, arise. Get up. I don't believe that he quivered. I believe he stood up quickly. I believe he grabbed that bed. I believe he marched there. You know, the Bible says that he went in hopping and praising. We knew that he wasn't a Baptist. Because he entered into the now gone home to be with the Lord, Brother Kellner. He said, I told the church one Sunday, he said, don't come into the Lord, don't, don't come into the house of the Lord until you have a word of praise that you can tell me as I meet you at the door. <laughs> and you know, the people really thought about that. the help to be here today. Well, come on into the house of the Lord. Can you imagine the difference that would make if we came in instead of complaining, we came in rejoicing. The difference between hot and cold is the heart and the attitude of the heart. The Lord told, the, told us to go forth, to go with the gospel. I have the great words of good news. I have his word. Do you know what's really sad? The reason that our churches are dwindling and some are succeeding is because one side is feeding the flesh. Not everyone, don't get me wrong. There's one guy, his name is Holstein, that he has a, a, a stadium full of people, and he, just, he, has a, a, he has a great, beautiful smile, doesn't he? And he goes, how y'all doing? Uh, are you having a good day? I, I'm just having the best day. I'm just so happy. And yet, there's nothing to his message. I remember that I went to church with my kids one time and, and I listened to this pastor. Good deliverer. Man, great message. But afterwards, after I heard him a few times, I went, he has never once said anything about the need of Jesus Christ in the sinner's mind and in the sinner's heart. And I've wondered, does he ever preach a salvation message? And I asked my son that. And after a while, my son began to listen. And he goes, I don't think he's ever preached a salvation message. And yet, they would have five, 6,000 people, a service, come into that auditorium. On the other hand, I went to another church where this man Let me tell you something, folks. If all I want is numbers, there are ways to gain numbers. 
But if I want growth, spiritual growth, leadership growth, fasted growth, then we better follow the scripture. Do you realize the Ethiopian jailer had the house as his ministry? After he whipped Paul and Silas, he carried them to his house. And there he, he healed his wounds, and he, he and his house believed. There was the house of Cornelius. And I could go on and on with the different examples. Sometimes it was the simple house. Do you realize that when Paul arrived in Caesarea Philippi, that when he arrived in Caesarea on the coast, not Philippi, but when he arrived in Caesarea, he was in the house of Philip the Evangelist. You know who Philip the Evangelist was? One of the deacons of the Jerusalem church. And so strong was that congregation that even his daughters prophesied. <gasps> no, that didn't mean they preached on Sunday, but they expounded the word of God whenever they had the opportunity the rest of the time. But notice this. If there is a quickening, and if there is something that affects us, look at verse 19, as many as I love, as many as the Lord loves. How many of us have ever read this verse and thinking, well, the Lord must walk around with a chastening rod in his hand? No, I've been chasing myself. The Lord does not chasten us just because he wants to hit us. <laughs> as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. I am sometimes when I need rebuke, I get it from other members of the church. Sometimes when I need to be lifted up, I am lifted up by members of this church. The reality is, if I'm going to be the man of God that I should be, I need to give over the rebuking rod and see it fail. None of us have ever seen rebuke or chastening is right. But do you realize, think about this, the Bible teaches us that we are to disciple the believers means to discipline believers. What is a discipline? Number one, let's sit down and let's study the Word of God together. That's discipline. We are so blessed to have all 66 books of the Bible in our hands every moment. Every day. How many of us are blessed to have Christian radio? I love my Christian radio. I, I will tell you this, I, I, you know, there's times I'll listen to sports radio or, or some other program, but I really enjoy a good, solid message. And, you know, a long time ago, I used to not like J. Vernon McGee. That's a J. Vernon McGee. And why I don't like him? Because I didn't like his delivery. But the man is sound. Adrian Rogers. He had a tremendous delivery. I didn't always know. You always preach from God's Word. You know, there's people that they want to put on airs. They want you to think that they're intelligent. I'm not intelligent. But I have And I
and not able to get in. The sign of lukewarmness is when we don't want Jesus entering into our services. Think about that. If he came in the door right now and he heard my message, would he approve it? The message, and I love what I love what Brother Daniel said. Even before I write one word, I better pray. I, I'm so glad that he said he went outside that door and he said, The message I had prepared, it wasn't for tonight. God gave me another message. Amen and amen. I want the message to be what God wants for us, not for me myself. So this is the conclusion of the church time frame, if you will, or the church age, a lot of people put it, the dispensation of time. The close of the Gentiles is finished with verse 22 of Revelation chapter 3. And I'm going to show you by God's grace next week how that God takes that lukewarmness away and begins to draw attention back to his people. Father, again, thank you for the time that we've had together. I pray now that you will bless as we enter into our next service. Lead and guide us, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We're dismissed.